carry nearly 80 gigs of data in my head. You're in the mainframe. It's eating to Greg's entire system. Access encoded. Gigabyte of RAM should do the trick. We're in. We're in. We're in. We're in. We're in. Hello and welcome to We're In, a podcast that gets inside the brightest minds in cybersecurity. I'm Bella Deshantz-Cook. And I'm Jeremiah Rowe. I'm a huge fan of our guest today, Jack Resider. He's the host of one of the best podcasts on cybersecurity, Darknet Diaries. Do you have a favorite podcast episode, Bella? I actually do. There was an episode that came out somewhat recently that was about cheating in video games. It was so interesting. He talked to folks that are part of this like whole industry of cheating in video games. I won't spoil it. It was fantastic. Go listen. Jack is going to reveal all his podcast secrets after this quick message from our sponsor. We're In is brought to you by Synac, the premier crowdsourced platform for on-demand security expertise. Synac delivers 24-7 pen testing, intelligence, and vulnerability management from a global network of vetted and trusted researchers. Their work is enhanced by smart technologies to accelerate your critical cybersecurity missions. Synac gives businesses the best chance of finding every vulnerability that matters. Find out more at synac.com. That's S-Y-N-A-C-K.com. Jack, welcome to the show. I think I can speak for all of us and say we're super excited to talk to you. Your podcast is obviously amazing. We've got a lot to ask you about podcasting and about the success of your show. But we'd also like to talk about how you got started in security. Yeah, it was kind of an accident. So I had I had gone to university to get a degree in computer engineering, which is just like, here's one class on Java, here's one class on assembly, here's one class on operating systems. Like, there's no deep dive into anything. So I came out of that not really sure where to go. Am I a programmer? Am I a, you know, like, I don't even know which direction here. So um, <laughs> I didn't, I just did odd and, odd and ends jobs, odds and ends jobs for a long time. And then I finally was like, no, I need to get back into tech. So I got a Cisco certification, CCNA, and yeah. that got me a job in a knock. And I just kept going with certs. I was like, all right, well, CCNP seems to be next. And this company was like, you need to be an engineer, not like a knock technician. Um, we have a opening for a security engineer. And at the time, I didn't even know how to like do basic commands on a firewall, even though I was like, like CCNP certified. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, engineer, I'll take it. I don't, I don't, Done. I love it. <laughs> so once I got into uh, security engineering, uh, that's when everything, like all the puzzle pieces fit in my life where I was like, you know a little bit about all these things and now you're applying them to secure systems perfect. And I had to know a little bit about how voice over IP works and how operating systems work and how programming languages work. Like all that stuff was making sense to me now. I was like, finally, I get to use all my knowledge here. And it was just like a match made in heaven for me. So Jack, at one point, were you like, okay, now I've got all of this information. I've got this knowledge. I've got this background. Things are lining up. At what point do you take that and say, I'm going to do a podcast? Mm, yeah. So I think the first thing I d thought of is I'm going to make a blog. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was, I was at work, you, you hit these puzzles, these problems that you're just like, okay, I'll just Google that. And there's no answer on Google. And you're like, all right, I'll look in forums and there's no answer in forums. There's no material anywhere. So you're like, okay, I've got to just figure this out in the lab. And so that's the kind of stuff that I was blogging about is like, when you hit this problem, here's how to solve it. 
And then another time I would just be like, I'm tired of Googling this every time I have to solve this problem. So I'll just, I know I hit this problem all the time. I might as well just blog about it. So I've got my like reference there. And so for seven years I was blogging and I was writing all this technical stuff and this complicated problem solving and trying to explain these these things as best I could. And you, and when you when you have like a problem in your head and you know how to solve it, it's like makes sense in your head. <laughs> but when yeah. you try to write it, not it makes <laughs> yeah. sense. And so you I start think to notice process, all the gaps in your in your understanding. <laughs> absolutely, and you have to go back and say, "Wait, I don't even know what I'm talking about here. I think I know this, but it's not anywhere close." So you go back and you research and you understand more. And I think that whole process just made me say, "Well, how do I?" I mean, I'm seeing people like come to the site, say, "Thank you. I couldn't find this answer anywhere." And I'm like, "Well, how do I teach more people more things? How do I help more people do things?" So do I make a class? Do I make a course? I don't know. And at the same time, I was also really into podcasts. I was listening to Serial and This American Life and Radio Lab, and I just loved them. And I'm like, and of course, lots of security podcasts. And I'm like, where's the security podcast that goes into these crazy stories of this high drama and these heists and these people breaking into buildings and dropping USB keys? Like, this is a fun, exciting story here, but nobody's talking about it. I mean, they're they're talking about it in the way of like, here's breaking news, and we don't really know what's going on, but this is what we know. And then, of course, you know, you find out a week later that's totally wrong. And if you, if like, if something new comes out a year later, it doesn't even hit your news cycle, right? And so you're like, so I wanted like this soup to nuts, the beginning all the way to the end of a whole story. And you know, maybe we have to go five years in the back and and past to hear the to to understand the whole thing. And that's where I was like, that show doesn't exist. I want that to exist. And I pitched a whole bunch of podcasters, but none of them really understood what I was talking about. So I was like, ah, oh, I have to make this myself. This is <laughs> the worst. But because I didn't understand anything about audio or anything, I just was yeah. like, oh, this sounds like, like I want to make a, something that I could just set and forget, like some sort of software as a service or <laughs> something that you just pay a monthly fee and away you go. And I don't have to make any new features on the site ever. Uh, <laughs> but the podcast is like, I got to do this again every two weeks. There's no end to it. So uh, I didn't really <laughs> want to do it. And I don't like writing, but I thought, okay, I've, I've got this idea. Let's see if it can form into something. And I played around with, uh, I read some books on how to storytell with audio and and put one episode together and I showed it to some friends and they said, yeah, this needs to be out there. Go for it. And so once I got the green light from some friends, I was like, all right, let's do it. That's awesome. I think it's funny hearing you say like you didn't want to do it at first or you don't like writing because in preparation for this, I listened to the first episode of Darknet Diaries because like, why not? Which is great, by the way. You, I would never, I, I feel like you're even in that first episode, you sound so like in your element in this, like what you described of of the sort of storytelling, the the backstory of what's going on in cybersecurity. Like it's it comes really naturally to you. Uh so it's kind of interesting hearing you say that yeah, maybe that's I'm, not your perspective on it. <laughs> I really like learning, going to like a class, learning something or going to a conference and then bringing that back and telling the team, right? So we'd have these lunch and learns and I'd stand, I'd stand in front of the team. And my favorite thing was to, was to see jaws just drop open in the, in the thing. So I, I would try to do this, like build up kind of tip of the arrow, 
and then this happened and oh my gosh, isn't that the craziest thing? So I did all these like lunch and learns trying to get people and none of it worked. People were sleeping in the, in the meeting. They weren't paying attention. It was, it was never this like, ah, big moment. And so maybe that's where I felt like in my element of like, okay, this is what I've learned and this is what I want to show you. And, and, you know, maybe that had some practice to it, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it must've just been like listening to a lot of podcasts and just like, I was literally like, okay, how do they start the show? Let's listen to 30 different podcasts here. Just the t- first 10 seconds and see how they start it. Okay, great. Now, how do they do the theme music? Let's go to the theme on every one of them. And I was really dissecting it in like a crazy way, like maniac way. Uh, it, just hear the cadence of their voice and okay, this one sounds more newsy, you know, like this weekend hackers broke into a federal building based on the, you know, and it was just like, it's the tone there is a little different. And then these ones were like, oh man, did you hear what happened this weekend? And that was just a little too casual. And so it was kind of a mix of like, where do I want it to be? And yeah, I, I just kind of ended up there. <laughs> so it sounds like even prepping for like the first ever episode, you did a lot of like, you know, analysis of what kind of show you wanted, what direction you wanted to go in, even down to the tone of, of your voice and, and the, like, has anything, have there, have there been any major changes in your approach since then? Cause I guess the first episode was back in 2017. Like that's, you've been doing this for a while now. Are there- Yeah. I mean, I, I think I podcast, I started podcasting way earlier than I was ready, but I was just like, let's just go through the motion. Let's get the train wheels moving and we'll just keep moving. Right. We'll see how it goes. So yeah, I read a lot of stuff. I did a lot of research then, but as I was doing it, I said, okay, is, I don't know if I like this tone. Let's try some others. And so I listened to a lot more podcasts and, and just tried to mimic the exact tone and delivery and writing style, right? So Aaron Menke from Lore, uh, Malcolm Gladwell from his podcast, uh, This American Life, uh, Radio Lab. Like I, I was like, how do they talk? Okay, like even even in Radio Lab, they said like as they're delivering it, sometimes Jad Abenrod puts his leg up on the desk like um, you know Captain Jack, and and uh, <laughs> and like does the show that way. And this like and his arms are flapping in the and he's just like excited about it. And I'm like, okay, I'll try to deliver it in that way, right? And and Malcolm Gladwell has this thing where he he makes you think more and he puts things on a point and this lets it float out there. And he sometimes lets just uh, silence for nine seconds, just for you to think it through. I mean, there's a little music behind it or something, but he's got a different way of writing. And so I tried all these things. And and honestly, what I wanted in my head was Mr. Uh, Mr. Robot and the way Elliot talks to the camera. He's got this yeah. real monotone, dead kind of voice. And I was like, where? And I was act, asking like a voice coaches, like, how do I get that voice? And they're like, well, that guy is in, has serious insomnia. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, well, okay, I'll just stay up till 4 a.m. So I was actually doing episodes like really tired, trying to have this horrible oh like, sleep drive to see if that is what I need in the show, right? So there was a lot of experimentation and churn and trying on different voices and, and all these different things before I landed on what I felt was the most comfortable for me, the easiest to sustain and what just felt right. So I think it was probably 20 episodes in where I finally got into my groove. So at this point, are you recording your episodes at 4am? No, not anymore. <laughs> it's, it's 
funny because at now I don't even feel like it's a it's a voice that I'm putting on. It doesn't feel like it's a special kind of thing. It feels just so natural. And I'm just like, why didn't I just do that from the beginning? Why was I trying all these different voices? But I do realize like there is something that I get I gained from all this inspiration, I guess. They always say the the most natural feeling, easiest voice for you to do in communication style is always the best bet to go, I think, mm-hmm. is what I've heard. So out of curiosity, when you were conducting all of these experiments and trying to flesh out your tone and your audio, did you have any help along the way when you were doing these things? Uh, I mean, a little bit. I was very active on Reddit and I was talking to a lot of people and I was reading like all the blog posts that people were posting about all this. And a lot of times I would actually reach out to some of my favorite people in, in podcasts and be like, Hey, I know you did the sound design for the, your show. Can you check the sound design for this one episode I have? And just maybe even the first five or 10 minutes just to give me any sort of feedback on, on what I can do better or something. So, yeah, I mean, I was just really active in the podcast community. I wanted to go to the bottom of that barrel of, of knowledge there and say, how far does this go? How, who knows the most? Where is all the, all this written? And so I was reading book after book and, to every blog there was and talking with everyone in the, in the industry. So I, I did have a lot of help from just random conversations and being present. I mean, it's one of those things where you, you don't like w- when you're searching for like mentorship or something, it's really hard to find it if you just kind of sit there. <laughs> but if you're, if you're jumping in and you're going to the conferences and you're going, I mean, I was going to podcast conferences yeah. and meetups and all these things. And then just the more present you are and the more active you are in the community, the more chances you're going to find someone who you resonate with, that you look up to and all these kind of things. And I ended up finding someone who was really influential and she ended up later getting a job at a major podcast network. And it was um, amazing to see her career go from like nowhere, but she had a lot of really good ideas to being one of the, one of the most respected, um, people out there in the podcast field. So it's, it was f- fun to see f- for her to kind of watch me grow and me to watch her grow. It was really wild. So it wasn't really someone I looked up to, but definitely uh, she gave me a lot of help early on. That's awesome. Um, I was wondering if you could walk us through your process a little bit. We, you know, how do you find stories and um, what really excites you about a particular subject? Yeah. So story, I, I get stories from a lot of different ways. So I can f- First, I was just go, listening to a lot of podcast, uh, a lot of security conferences, right? So B sides are recorded, uh, DefCon's recorded, Black Hat's recorded. You could just go watch it on YouTube. So I'm just watching tons and tons of conference talks, and the good stories. I'm like, oh, I wonder if that person would be willing to share it on the podcast. So this is how I got Jason Strait on because Jason gave a great yeah uh, episode, you know, talk at DefCon, and I was like, hey, you already gave that talk. You want to tell it to me? And he's like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I found a lot of people just because I was familiar <laughs> with who's talking on stage and stuff. Um, but then I, I, I set some Google alerts. So like hacker sentenced, if that shows up in a Google, in, in Google, you know, database hacker sentence, they'll email me and say, Hey, there's this article that said, hacker that's sentence. a great idea. Hacker killed, <laughs> hacker suicide, hacker arrested. Like all these things are are interesting to me. <laughs> Biggest hack of all, you know, like if there's anything like that, um, hack that reads like a movie script. Like these are all some Google alerts I have. So hacker sentenced means, whoa, 
now we know the end of the story, right? We can go backwards and say hackers arrested and hacker was uh, did this to this company and this company suffered this kind of breach or whatever. So now we know like the entire story and that's my favorite. So when I, I see that signal hacker arrested, I know I've got an entire story there if that's an interesting story. And then uh, today I've kind of grown to the point where people are bringing me stories and they're like coming out of prison. Like, I don't know who you are, but people are telling me I need to bring you my story. So you want to (laughs) talk? How do you go about like, especially in the case of sort of, you know, either a headline or a conference talk, I think podcasting, at least as, as a person who listens to a lot of podcasts, consumes a lot of podcasts, it, it's a it's a very different format than a conference talk, especially. Um, and and even like earlier, you, you talked about kind of telling a broader story, going more into background, presenting something. I think a lot more as a story than sometimes how we hear topics presented at a conference. How do you go about taking something that might be traditionally presented at a conference and turning it into a story for a podcast? Sometimes there are people who are giving conference talks that aren't good storytellers they're technical wonks or geeks or whatever and they're just like oh let me tell you about all the packets (laughs) i found and it's like no nobody cares about the packets it's always like process you know the the higher level yeah so i mean (laughs) for that particular venue it probably makes sense you know people are really in the weeds and they want to hear about what the what the packet what was in the packets but um you know i think if we stand back and we can we can really look at like well what does this mean geopolitically what does this mean you know as far as what our country is doing or what we need to do as defenders and all these kind of things and and i maybe i have that skill which is how to craft the story into an exciting way and so even if even if i get a really boring person that i interview i can still find the stuff in there that's interesting to craft it into the story and, and in my show i I do a lot of uh, narration and editing and stuff, so I can I can kind of weave that together. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just reformatting it to a way that's more exciting and more interesting to to listen to. In the process of choosing the stories and reformatting it and trying to figure out where you want to go, is there a particular structure or format that you follow to to sort of get it there, or? Is it just how it feels to you in the moment? Yeah, definitely. I, I'm looking for twists and turns. So I, I like to start a story out in a direction, right? So our direction is we're trying to secure the network. Great. But then it, it's a turn. Oh, whoops, there was something we missed. Okay, now, well, I hope no, we saw it. Oh, boy, there's, uh, <laughs> there's someone in the network. Um, okay, so now you're in this kind of situation of what what do I do, right? So you you, you end up, I really like these things with twists. And now you've got to solve it. So now you've got this new direction. Okay, we've got to solve this problem. We've got a, a, an, a, an intruder in the network. And you think it's just a linear path to let's get him out. But then there may be another twist like, oh, actually, it's not an outsider. It's an insider. And someone inside is stealing this stuff. And so now there's a new twist. And so I love this kind of stuff where you think you're going in one direction and then we end up in a totally different spot. And those are the stories that I just love, especially if there's two or three major ones in the story that you would never in a million years think of, even if you're a fiction writer, yet this are, these are true stories happening. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the stuff I love. Are you, when you're finding stories, are you like specifically looking for stories 
that have twists or have you like gone into recording episodes before and been totally surprised by the twists that like you experience while you're doing interviews or writing the story? Most of the stories I research really thoroughly before I get going with the <laughs> interview. But there are a few that I'm just like, I don't know what's your story. Well, go ahead. Tell me. And I'm, and oh, speak. wow, there's something here. I'm actually going to listen. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I really like to know the edges of the story. Like where does it end? Because there's sometimes where I'm listening to a story and I'm like, oh, that's, this is getting so good. This is getting so good. Uh, how does it go? And we're like five minutes in and, and they're like, oh, no, that was it. That was, that was the whole thing. <laughs> so, the, so this is it. Okay, let me see if I can back up and find something in here. I did not find any. Like, it, it, you just when it got good, that's when it ended. This is not working. Anticlimactic. So yeah, I mean, you've got to have... Yeah, I've, I've got to have these payoff feelings. And, you know, there's other stories where I interview some criminals. And in, that, in those ones, I'm typically looking for justice. <laughs> I don't like... I don't like, you know, airing a story where this criminal got away with a million dollars and like, <laughs> look at me. Uh, and I'm like, well, there's nothing that happened to you. You just got, you just, just got a million bucks, huh? Good for you. Life. Yeah. So I, I shy away from those and I, I say, okay, yeah. Did you get a, like it, it, when, usually when somebody messages me with that weird, you know, hackerish avatar with a weird name, <laughs> uh, you know, that's all like, I don't know, just really obscure. Oh, I got a story for you. I I robbed this thing. Okay, well, show me your criminal <laughs> record. <laughs> show me show me the indictment. And uh, well, well, yeah, here it is. And now I know if, if the indictment's there. Okay, we've got we've got a justice arc. So they did this horrible stuff, but then they they got um, you know hit with it. Just out of curiosity, we've been kind of discussing a lot about the episodes up to this point. You've released around 116 episodes, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, well, so, 10 more on Patreon, so. Oh, yeah. Ah. Out of out of those, um, do you have any that kind of just stick in your head as like, these are my favorites? Yeah, I really like the, uh, I really like the Xbox Underground one because it was, it's one of those episodes that's really is like, uh, what is in my head as a creative thing that I want to get out there is never really like there. There's always this gap between oh man, okay, this is what I made. This isn't quite how I vision, envisioned it. I like, I'll just go with it because I got another episode to get going. <laughs> but this uh, Xbox Underground one was really it, right? I had multiple voices in there. The story was was more unbelievable than you can really imagine. And uh, it just all came together. Like when you have multiple voices and you're and I interviewed everyone individually, I didn't interview them together, right? So then I'm like editing it so that one voice is talking uh, right after the other, right? And it's not me. I don't have to weave it together. They're like, yeah, and then Dylan did this. Yeah, oh, and then Sanad did this or whatever the case is, right? And so they can bounce off each other. And that just makes the audio just so much better. And I, I kind of shortcut it a lot of times and I just interview like one person and, and get the tape and go because I'm, I'm on a deadline here. But that was when I was like, I'm going to spend four months on this. And I did. And the the it was just it was a hard story to understand to begin with like i had wrote all these pages of notes and timelines and people and everyone in this story has like three names they have their real name and then they have their online name but then they have the name that everyone's calling them in this circle because there's like an inner circle of like well yeah that's this person and i'm like who are you talking about that's 
That's interesting. So just um, is there is there a little tease that you could give of that particular episode, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the one where these uh, hacking group got wanted to get into video game companies and steal the source code so they could play the video games pre-release. That was their main motivation. And what they did on this spree is just unbelievable. And it's so crazy that multiple people in Hollywood have reached out to try to get me to like make a movie on it or something. <laughs> Do you ever like, I know you mentioned that kind of pressure of having a deadline and and having to constantly, you know, move on to the next thing. Um, and some, something that I found like in my personal life and also just talking to other people who are, who, you know, pursue different kinds of creative endeavors and like content creation in general, like sometimes I feel like that pressure of, you know, the content grind, always having to put out the next thing and having a deadline, it can be sort of like, it can stifle creativity. It can make you kind of dislike the things that you were once passionate about, not to be too negative, but have you ever felt yourself get into kind of maybe like have that feeling of like, oh, I, I don't, I don't want to talk about cybersecurity this week. Like I'm tired of this topic. Have you ever been in that mindset? Back where I was working as a security engineer, I came on board, you know, I was, I was, I got that CCNA and then I quickly got my CCNP, which is four tests. I mean, that was like six months of just hardcore fast track study to get this done. And, uh, when I got a security engineer position, my boss then told me, like, I see you just going so fast. Like, you, there is no slowing you down, but I'm afraid you're going to burn out at some point. I eventually, after 10 years, I got burnt out. And I was, like, so burnt out that when I quit the, the, that and went to podcast, I needed, like, a two-month break of just, like, don't show me any, don't give me any work for two months because I need to just let this go. And uh, yeah, I mean, this this kind of stuff has hit me before. And now you said I started the podcast in 2017. I don't even remember, but <laughs> that's four years, right? And so, yeah, now I'm feeling tired. I think that's the best way to describe it, where every episode is a mountain that I need to climb. And it's uh, about 60,000 words in every episode that I have to write and research and fact check <laughs> and go through all the steps and it's like a million things um so yeah it's just morally more tired than anything and i love doing it it's so rewarding but then there's these other things that i really want to try and it's like ah, oh, if i could just take a break from this and work on this other stuff that i'm passionate about and excited about that would be fine but even when i do like I'm like, oh, on the weekend, I won't do any podcasting. That's the trick. <laughs> and so even on the weekend, I sit down and I'm just tired. I'm like, oh, there's yeah. still a lot of writing yeah. I have to do here. And, and it's, uh, <laughs> it's research and stuff. When did, when did you realize that you could sort of turn this into sort of a full-time career for yourself? Uh, so it's about three months into it is when I quit my job. And then I gave myself uh, like a three or four month um space of like is to see if you can make some money in this three in three months of just focus on this full time and if by the end of that if you're making like even ramen noodle kind of living to get through it (laughs) then you've proved yourself you can make some money on this you just need to you know you scale it up and everything will work and uh if not go back and and find a job so i yeah at the end of um Around around six months of, of starting it is when i started getting my first income and it was, I think it was 
some sponsors that I had ads in the show and stuff, but, uh, I did actually go around and start applying. I was a little bit concerned that I wasn't going to make it and I'd have to get a new job. So yeah, I was just barely got through that. And it's been great since, uh, ads in the show and Patreon, uh, really make it like I can do it full time. And I know you mentioned like the, you know, putting on a podcast, especially the the type of show that, that you're creating is so much work. There's the writing, the show, the interviews, all, all this stuff that goes into it. Um, when you, what was it like when you started versus now? Do you have a team of people working with you? Who supports you with, with all of the different work that goes into the, into the show? When I first, uh, the first 40 episodes were just 100% by me and... I would get some advice from some other people, but not really like anyone working on it. Um, so yeah, it's just all the writing, research, interviews, everything was just 100%. Even the artwork and stuff was done by me. And then by around 40 episodes, I, I had some cash coming in to say, okay, I can finally hire like a sound engineer and they can put the music on there and I don't have to worry <laughs> about that or an editor or something. So that when I narrate, I say a lot of things twice or stutter or something and they can fix that. So yeah, it was somewhere around there. And now today I have uh, a writer, a researcher, a, a two sound designers, a producers that I've tried out, um, art, artists, and so many more. That doesn't even count the lawyers and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. That's interesting. <laughs> what do you think is like, so, you know, all the different jobs that go into creating a podcast like we just talked about what do you think is maybe your do you have like a favorite and or least favorite component of podcasting either that you have to do now or that you did when you first started this show um you know like any of the odd jobs that like you did or didn't like i i mean the best part of it is when i get to interact with the fans and they send me messages and I uh, like the stuff that they say that they learn from it and stuff. It's just so phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's like, Oh, I quit my job as a mechanic to go pursue a cybersecurity career. And I just finished my uh, interview and they hired me and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing that you switched careers. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, it's just wild, like a lot of wild stories of how I've influenced people to do different things in their life. And uh, yeah, that's definitely the most rewarding and fulfilling part of it. Um, listening to it when it's all done is the second most rewarding. Like, oh yeah, I remember I made this show for me so I can listen to this. And so yeah, let's check it out. And even though I had been uh, like building it for like a month before that, I, I still can kind of clean my my memory of it and say, what does this sound like just with fresh ears? And um, I'm good at that. I'm, so I, I like just listening to it and how it unfolds and getting into it. Combining the podcasting with the blogging that you talked about earlier. I know you've given a lot of recommendations to individuals through your blog and in person on how to build successful podcasts and what are some of the big mistakes that people make when starting out. Um, I was wondering if you could share some of those insights for those that might be listening to our podcast. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I have a blog at lime.link. That's the whole website. And I just... I'm on Reddit a lot in the podcaster community and I just uh, see people ask like the same questions a lot. So I just started blogging to like answer it once and for all, <laughs> but like there's some marketing tips there and some uh, how to make a good show, I think is probably a question that people gloss over a lot where 
you want to make something that people are going to miss you when you're gone. Even if you have like, it, it doesn't, don't think about like how big of an audience you have. It's just, are you providing like a lot of value to your current audience, even if it's five people? So that if your show were to stop, they'd be like, no, 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 don't stop. You're my favorite. And I think if you can get into that space of just being such a value to your listeners, then that is going to spread so well that they're going to be your little marketers for you. They're going to spread the show for you. And when you go to market it, it's going to, it's going to stick so much better because there's certain people that just love it. And it doesn't need to be, uh, you know, something that everyone loves. You need to find the right person in your head of who would love this show and just deliver it to them in just a, a great way. That could be being a like skilling up at it. There is a skill in this. You don't grab a guitar and then say, hey, how do I make money in, you know, as a musician? You really say, ah, okay, I've got a passion in playing music and I love just hearing how it works and, and learning all these new things and skilling up with it. And I think there's something like that in podcasts where... There's practice, there's learning, uh, you know, how to find the right guests, there's learning how to tell a good story, how to ask good questions. Um, and I think every podcast is good, it should be good at storytelling, because that's what keeps us on the edge of our seats. That's what makes us want to listen to the second half of the show, right? There's all these things that you don't think about it as even as an interviewer, like how is storytelling work here, but there, you can weave it in there in certain ways to make it um make it make people on the edge of their seat still so yeah i mean those are some things that come to mind first how do you think you know when you have you know either a, a podcast idea a show idea a, a specific story how do you know like what would you assess an idea on to determine whether or not it's worth pursuing does that make sense yeah, I think the idea itself is rarely the thing, and it's more of the execution. There's so many great ideas out there that have just absolutely fallen on their face with actually making it work. Like I, there was this one art heist uh, podcast, and I love art heist podcasts. It's like <laughs> my favorite genre of all podcasts, <laughs> and they absolutely did horrible at it. And I was oh, so no. mad. Was the only time yeah. I actually left them, like, oh. leaving a view on on iTunes and stuff. Like this is these people should not be yeah. podcasting. <laughs> oh no! And like, God. how did you mess up so bad that I love this content and I still hated the show? Right. So then, what so, what are the pitfalls to avoid? Like, how do you like? What do you have to? If you have this great idea, you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna make a show about this. This is an amazing idea, but I have to execute it well. What are the things that you have to watch out for? Or at least halfway decent, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, I I I feel like a lot of people aren't listening to their own show. And so they they don't go back and kind of edit themselves and say, okay, here's how I could do better. I want I want my goal for a long time, probably for the first hundred episodes, was how can I make this next episode better than the last, and better than the last, and better than the last. And so in order to do that, you have to self reflect. You have to you have to listen to it and say, ooh, I wish I wish I had this this person saying this on tape instead. And so now you learn, these are the things that we need to ask to get the really good stuff next time or, you know, whatever. And so self-editing, I think is, is really good. Getting, getting um, some feedback from some people that would be helpful to you. Right. So a lot of people just think, Oh, 
I'm Picasso. I'm Michelangelo. I'm just going to whip it up and send it out and you, you just do whatever. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like the biggest editor ever. Like whip it up, send it out. Now give it back to me. Let me do 500 <laughs> edits. And it's still not to where I like, but it's going to just be good enough because next episode I'm going to make it better and better and better. So you, you just need this sort of real critical lens of your own thing. It's, it's okay if your baby's ugly, it's going to get more beautiful as it grows. <laughs> just thinking about and listening to some of the Darknet Diaries podcasts that you've done, in my mind, obviously, there's, there's an image that's created and developed as I'm walking through your story. And I could really get into, like, I could really dig seeing that, like, in a Netflix series, almost. Have have you thought about doing something like that? Yeah, I get I get called all the time from Hollywood producers. And here's the problem. Um, most of this content that you hear on my show is just someone sitting at a computer typing. It's so <laughs> boring visually. It's just the worst. Like, you don't, you're not going to ever be interested in someone just sitting there typing. And maybe you could see a screen pop up and say, oh, yeah, look at that. He is actually <laughs> doing an SQL injection. I know about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's still not going to land. So, and, and, and so the next thing we can do is, well, we can sit someone down and have them look in the camera and tell yeah. their story. Right? Similar to how I'm doing it. It's just we look there and I'm like, that's still boring. <laughs> That's just as good as a podcast. If seeing them talk is not going to make any difference to me than hearing them talk, I don't find it. I'm missing it. And I mean, are you going to, are you going to, I don't know. So I, what I, what I struggle with is finding the right director and the right crew to say, oh, we, this is how we want to do it. We want to have reenactments of it. And I'm, and I, and sometimes I, I get someone say that and I say, okay, show me how you're going to show a text message on the screen or, or a discord chat message or yeah. a telegram chat message. What does it look like visually? And <clears throat> sometimes they get stuck on that. Like, Oh, uh, well, I guess we'll just write the words on the screen. <laughs> like what, what's, what's a show that's like, they nailed it for you. Cause I mean, these are the people who are in the film industry. They would know these shows. Right. And so sometimes they struggle with even just finding like, Oh yeah, the way these text messages showed up on this show was just brilliant. And we want to do it just like that. Like the, it's just really difficult to bridge this, this thing. And I think someone, some can do it. I mean, yeah. Mr. Robot nails it. Um, and there's some other shows that do well. Uh, but it, yeah, it's, it's just one of these things that I haven't found the right crew. Now I do have an agent I'm working with William Morris and, uh, they're like, just tell us when, just tell us when you want to shop <laughs> us around. We can shop around and we can find you the crew. We have the connections. Just what, just tell us what you want to do. I need to work on it. I just can't seem to get there. Something that I think about a lot though, is that like, I think a lot of people like, like, you know, we always have this conversation, right? When there's a really good book, a really interesting story, there are so many folks that are like, okay, but now give it to me in movie format. And I think that a lot of people um, connect best with a story when there's a visual element, maybe because they find it most exciting, something like that. And I, I kind of agree, like, 
I personally, particularly with cybersecurity and computer stuff, I connect way better with audio or even sometimes written because the visuals don't hit. But why, like, how, how do you, like, I think your podcast does such a great job of putting us in the story. Like when you're listening, you're there, you're there in the interview, you're, you're feeling all of it happen. You understand what's going on. How, why do you think it is that you're able to do that in audio? Like, why does audio work for telling a computer hacking story when sometimes text on a screen or a, a movie doesn't work? I think it's theater of the mind. You picture the scene in your head and you create this this whole universe in your head of what this person looks like, what their home you know, computer station looks like, all these things that is beautiful. It's wonderful that you can create this world and you imagine how they're typing and what it's looking like and, and how they dress and what, what it's like their home life or whatever the case is. You're just, you have this own universe that you're creating it in. And that's, that's perfect. I can't do better than that. Right. Your <laughs> imagination. It's, it's, it's like, there's the, there's the book that you could just read, I suppose. And you, your, your whole mind is expanded. You don't hear things. You don't smell things. You don't see things. You just read the words. And then that's your, 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 the theater of the mind is the biggest there. And when you hear podcasts, well, now, now you're 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 narrow you're you go real narrow on the noise. You hear what the person sounds like, and so you don't have to be any creative with the noise. You you hear how they how they talk and how they sound, and then when you see something on the screen, now your your theater of the mind goes real small because you can see and hear exactly what's going on, and you don't have to come up with any sort of creativeness on your own. You don't have to imagine how anything works. You see everything and you hear hear everything. So. There's just like different elements to to media that can play in this space. And that's, I feel like I'm good at this podcast thing. I'm not good at the written word. I'm not good at the visual thing, but I'm good at this audio only. Just thinking about the theater of the mind, when you are asking questions for your users and you're designing the story around it, I guess how much goes into thinking about the listener on the other side and what kind of image is being portrayed to them. And then on top of that, I suspect there's a little bit of um, intentional manipulation as well to build suspense from the story. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. A couple of times there's, you know, the person is telling me, the big suspenseful moment. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 let's cut that part of the audio and just open it up like a half second so that they, <laughs> they say, and then, and then there's a pause. Okay. And then the knocks on the door came. Okay. Whew, that sounds better. So yeah, I do have this intentional <laughs> like <laughs> manipulation, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, for a while I had a picture of who the person was that I'm telling this podcast story to, right. It wasn't like I have this whole audience. I was like, it was actually a friend of mine and I was like, I, 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 I don't know. I might've even actually like printed out a picture of her and like put it in front of me. And like, as I was telling the story, I was just talking to her. Right. So I picture in my head, how much tech does she know? How much does she need explained? And she was, she doesn't work in it, but she was someone who understands tech because she works with tech all day. Right. Like there's these people who, write a lot they've got to use word processor uh, like an email and all this like they're fun like everyone's on tech these everyone understands tech these days we're all tech literate and i hate when people are like i don't know anything about tech i'm like you know so much more because even my father listens to the show and understands everything 
And he's like the <laughs> most fossil of a person I've ever met. So yeah, everyone, like everyone's really into it. These, everyone gets tech. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of just like picked a person and then that's kind of evolved over time. I'm like, wait, I kind of like talking to this person. I'm going to talk to this person now. So I've just kind of just picked one person in my head. And sometimes I even pick up the phone and act like I'm telling them the story to get that tone out a little bit better of like, this is just a, me telling you this story. And it, it, hey, are you there? Yeah, okay. You got a minute. I want to tell you the story. And then I hit record and then I start going, right? So it's, it puts me in this mindset as well. So podcasting, I, I feel like has really... It's, it's been around for a little while. It's evolved a lot. And I think especially now is so popular. I I mean, I listen to an absurd quantity of different podcasts. There's so many different podcasting platforms. It's it's really big right now. Do you think that... I think there's upwards of like 700,000 oh of them, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like got a podcast. Um, do you think that we are in... Like, do you think that we have reached peak podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is impossible. It's like, have you, have you ever heard the term <laughs> right, yeah. peak music? Peak books? Yeah, fair. Peak movies? I mean, this is, yeah. this is peak news? So is news? podcasting just going to be forever <laughs> evolving? It's just like a staple of our culture now, do you think? Uh, I definitely think it's a staple of the culture. That's interesting. I, I didn't think about that before, but yeah, it does seem to be part of it. And uh, we need news, right? And that's every day is going to be more news. We need pop culture, you know, information, gossip. We need the latest on this and that. And that's just always going to be new. So, I mean, even like sports, just every sports team could have its own podcast. Of course, and probably there's 20 per sports team. People are just <laughs> fanatics about this stuff and they want to hear everything about it. And it's just so much to learn in with podcasts too. So if you want to get into crypto, you can learn so much from crypto or investing or house market or computers. Like the, you just pick any sort of topic and you can get into it. And it's really fun that there's this flood of information there. And I think I think some of the best shows are going to last the longest because they're going to be the most um, concise or, or deliver the stuff to the audience in the best way that doesn't waste the audience time or... Um, disrespects them in some way but yeah i think it's i think it's going to continue to grow and we'll continue to see lots of new shows going forward i'm excited to see what the next big hit is i would always say or also say that you know almost do you hear peak theater right because you said such a great thing a minute ago which is the theater of the mind and i think that just sort of as soon as i heard that it just rang the bell you know what i mean like it's very much theater of the mind. And when I listen to a podcast, it throws me into my own mind-made universe. And I don't think that I would personally ever stop listening to podcasts, even if, or even though it's sort of, there's saturation, right? Because I think that there's so much that I'm interested in as an individual that I could still tap into anything that's out there. And it still brings about that book-esque creativity in my mind mm -hmm. yeah it's really fun it's I'm, I'm having a blast listening to podcasts too all, all just a bunch of podcast fans over here i feel like podcasts are the you know when you um go to a party maybe this is just me you go to a party and you don't know how to like best interact with someone so you just like find someone who has an interest and then you learn everything you can about that interest podcasts are just that but for the world <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I think that actually has helped me get people's get some interesting things out of people by being a podcaster because that's what I'm trying to find as I'm interviewing someone. So might as well try it at a party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, one hundred percent. That's how I make friends. I don't know if I it works for me. So. <laughs> So we have one last final uh, non-serious question for you. Um, We ask this at the end of every show for all of our guests. Answer with as much or as little detail as you'd like. Um, What is something that we wouldn't know about you just from looking at like your LinkedIn profile, your online bios, maybe listening to your podcast, like something that, you know, a secret hidden gem of information? (laughs) I'm not sure how much I want to reveal here. (laughs) Totally fair. (laughs) I'm not, I I feel like, I feel like I look at the world differently than everyone else. But then as soon as I say that, I'm like, of course, everyone looks at the world differently than everyone else. But yeah, I just feel like (laughs) when I see like bubbles popping up all over, like the fervor of social media and stuff, and everyone's getting excited about this and that, I'm just like, hold on, where, 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 where's the source of this excitement coming from? And it's like, oh, well, this one person tweeted this. And I read that tweet and I'm like, I don't see it at all, like what you're seeing. And now there's like this huge like uproar about this. <laughs> and so um I I don't know how to explain it, but I I just feel like I don't think we're looking at the same thing <laughs> me as everyone else. <laughs> Actually, I kind of get that, right? Because whenever we all see the world differently, we all see color differently, we all have different perspectives and perceptions that are just different. And I think that's what this is going to sound very cliche. I think that's what makes us each special in our own way. Um, and, and to that perspective, I could totally uh, see how that is your unique superpower. Yeah. But like, I'm, I'm looking to redesign my office now. And when I look at all these ideas, 1,000 out of 1,000 of them are the worst ideas I've ever seen. Like 100% of them. And then yeah. I'm like, why is none of this resonating with me? When I yeah. look at male's fashion, men's fashion, I'm just like, none of this resonates with me. <laughs> Top 40 music, none of this is good. The food at the the buffet. <laughs> I hate buffet. Now, listen, I don't blame you. The buffet is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what, who's it for? Like, I, why am yeah. I here? Like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Who brought me to this party? Yeah, and I don't know oh, yeah. if that's like a superpower yeah. I have, and that's why I'm able to tell stories in the way I do because I have this different view of everything, or uh, or if I'm just imagining that I'm special or something. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a superpower, man. I think yeah. you got it, and I think it's unique, and so keep doing it for sure. Uh, Jack. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I know I appreciate it. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much for talking with us. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. If you liked today's episode, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. It'll really help us get noticed on your favorite podcast platforms. Also, share this episode with your friends. And if you haven't already, make sure to check out all the other really fascinating people that we've already interviewed. We're also open to suggestions. If you know someone we should be talking to, drop us a line at we'reinpodcast at synac.com. That's we'reinpodcast at synac.com. We're In is brought to you by Synac. If you're looking for on-demand, continuous access to the world's most skilled and trusted security researchers, you can learn more at synac.com. 
Synac recently launched its Empower Partner Program so that partner organizations can more easily offer the Synac pen testing platform to their own customers. This approach helps optimize Synac partners' technical competencies and allows them to better integrate Synac into their portfolios. It's a way that partners can win new business by adding continuous, best-in-class solutions to cybersecurity, cloud, and DevSecOps offerings. Synac partners with organizations around the world to make them safer, more resistant to cyber attacks, and more capable of finding and fixing dangerous vulnerabilities before attackers are able to exploit them. Learn more at synac.com. That's S-Y-N-A-C-K dot com.